quarantine edition. I'm wearing the mask because it's quarantine. Day one for old Roly. What day are you guys on? (laughs) Day one? I had to reset. I went to a party last night. It was fucked. You went to a party party. last night, Dad. What? Yeah, they called it a mask. A mask. M-A-S-Q-U-E in the Edgar Allan Poe sense. Yeah, we went fucking yeah. nuts. Some guy showed showed up dressed up as COVID. We were all partying. Like, who's this guy? <laughs> what the fuck all, is going on? We all, got, we all got crazy sick at the was end. It, it was awesome. Was this like an eyes wide shut kind of party? Like Matt, like everyone's wearing a mask. Yeah, everyone was wearing a mask. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. <laughs> okay. Cool. What, what mask did you wear? Did you wear that like a COVID mask, or did you have like a plastic Richard Nixon mask? Or yeah, I had like a nice like uh, R- Richard Nixon mask with a ball gag. Nice. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> it was pretty sick. That's good too. Was there like the a password gig, to get actually. into that, like eyes, like eyes wide shut and stuff, or was it? Yeah, yeah. The password was Constitution because oh. it's our constitutional right to do whatever the fuck we want in this country. Oh, I yes. see. So, oh, so you're supporting those Americans down there who are like uh, coughing in people's faces for freedom or something? Oh hell yeah! Are you kidding me? Okay, I agree. Don't tre- don't tread on me. I'm I've always been a libertarian, Andy. That's why do you think I got that back tattoo? of the snake refusing to wear a COVID mask and hanging out with other snakes and saying, don't tread on us. So it's a pretty recent yeah. tattoo. Did you get that during quarantine? Cause you're not supposed to be getting tattoos when it's quarantined. I've always uh, believed in the power of libertarianism and friendship and not believing in germs. <laughs> so honestly, this was just a fortuitous instance for me. I've had that tattoo for a while. I heard you were get, trying to get an addition to that tattoo. That was like uh, another speech bubble that he's like, I'll stay inside a bit, but what are we going to do about summer and stuff? What about summer? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the font gets smaller at the end as it grows less certain of itself. Yeah. I was thinking, about getting that addition and the doctor just told me i would need more ass to support that much tattoo yes i get my tattoos from a doctor <laughs> okay that's dr ink he says i have to pronounce it drink <laughs> okay he's <laughs> just a drunk guy i know um as always i'm here roly with my gorgeous boy the titular boy Andy Bush, how are you, Andy? I'm great, Dad. Thank you. Uh, I have not gone to a party. I haven't. I haven't been outside of my house for three days now. Truly, just Whoa. not even gone out. So it's it's. I'm getting a little bit kooky. I was up till seven in the morning. You should meet. Yeah, you do it up should, all night. Yeah, it's, it's so a movie man. I'd like to watch. It's like a remake of The Shining, except about a gamer. That would be your movie, yeah. Andy. Oh yeah, a gamer yeah. who never leaves his gaming chair. <laughs> and he and doesn't. Goes, he never. He doesn't actually go. He doesn't kill his wife or his kids because he's too busy gaming. Yeah, he's and just, then his roommates come in and they're like, "How far have you put made it in that game?" And you're like, "Pretty far." And you're just talking to the same NPC. Yeah. You open an elevator door and Mountain Dew <laughs> comes gushing <laughs> through the hall. <laughs> Everyone's like, "Are you feeling okay, Andy?" And you're like, "I was promised no diabetes. The voices promised me." you're like, voices, Andy. You find out your shitty apartment was built on a burial ground of other gamers. <laughs> so Andy, you are, are you going kooky in your, in your three oh my days stay? <clears throat> yeah, I am going kooky. I've just been like uh, taking hour long naps or 20 minute naps throughout for the past, for the past, I guess, 72 hours. So I haven't like actually had like a chunk of time where I've slept. So oh it's no. Been, it's been a little bit weird. It's been a little bit, little bit kooky. Yeah, uh, just a sec. My roommate's wild. my roommate's cooking something sweet, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna uh, deal, deal with that. cooking something sweet. Yeah. yeah, Andy's. What's Andy doing? No, I was just the getting most... some uh, air fresheners, and they just oh, uh, Andy, like... 
Andy, you gotta let the smell of food in there. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I can't. Spray chemicals every time food smell reaches you. I do that all the time. People <laughs> that's that's my to Everyone's gotta cook. I get it. We have to cook. I cook too. It's just I like to have a very. I, I like I like to seal off my room, so no yeah. like nothing comes in, no sound, no smells. Andy, when you no, say you like cook a, too, do you mean you spray those chemicals on a sheet of heroin tin foil and then smoke the fumes out of a pipe? Are you smoking? Of course not. I'm not a drug addict. Degrees? No, I cook. I make French fries. You know, I have chicken fingers that I put in the oven. Scentless oh, food. Yeah. Bland, scentless. Oh, uh, someone's asking what my roommate is cooking. I don't know yet, but I think it's onions and bacon. Uh, and ham. Oh, Andy, oh there we like go. It, oh, can we hear that? Can we hear that? Oh, the smoke alarm. Oh, they're burning something. Oh, it's it's like fucking clockwork. You gotta just tell them to grab a tea towel and. Blow no, it, it doesn't at work. It. it doesn't work. Oh, okay. I've honestly, okay. I I took them down for a couple of days, and my roommate was like, "Please put them back up because it's yeah, it's, take the batteries out." Yeah, I think I'm gonna do. I'll just take the fucking batteries out, right? Like, nice. Yeah. yeah, nice, nice. That Whisper sound, that, that into sound comes into my recording. room, and then I, and then I'm, re- I, you know, it's, it gets to me. So I need to. I hear you, Andy. I'm listen, I hear else. you. Um, I have a question. Uh, I feel like we have. Well, okay, listen. We got to address the elephant in the room here, which is our intern Everardo. Yeah, we appears to have taken a turn for worse. Yeah, are you okay? Are you, how are you feeling? I'm feeling fine actually what the i i'm not sick at all what this is is i'm actually doing a uh, live-in protest i'm protesting the stay-at-home orders uh because let's get okay. back let's get this let's get back to work you know yeah. wait you're protesting the stay-at-home orders while at home but yeah i am protesting the stay-at-home order uh by doing a john lennon style uh live-in protest at home because uh <laughs> I hate working, and I hate that I'm the only one from my work who didn't get laid off. It's bullshit. Oh, I'm sorry. And uh, I'm thinking I'm the last guy who should be, if anyone is working, why me? I'm literally the worst one. And let's get everyone back. Where do you, wait, where do you, where do you work again? I sell makeup. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I sell makeup online. It's like a whole <laughs> company, but I run their website. So they're like, well, we can't have anyone here, but we can still sell stuff online. And they're like, I'm the guy who runs a website. The website doesn't work because I'm running it. And what they don't realize is I'm the lead, I'm the worst worker there. But they think I'm the only one who can work right now. I'm like, this wow. is uh, BS. Oh, and okay. what would you say to people who desperately want to be working right now who might find this bit tone deaf? <laughs> How would you respond to that accusation? Hypothetically? I would say... I would say I agree. Like they, they should, uh, you know, uh, there's plenty of people who want to work, but this is literally my dream to be, to, to be at home. And I, and everyone else in the world is at home having fun and I'm the only sucker working. You're, you're in a take my job, please type of scenario. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Ev, what would you be doing if you were officially laid off? If you had nothing but time, how would you be spending this time? Just working on a bunch of screenplays, probably writing a screenplay every single day. You could write a, a Murdoch mystery spec script. Yeah. yeah what do we all, what do we all, honestly, why don't we all take like next week, we'll have a scene. We write one scene from Murdoch mysteries. Maybe we yeah. have mine and get and, and actually do something. Cause like yeah. for, over the, over the quarantine, that'd be nice. Yeah. I want to write yeah, a script where um, Murdoch runs into Herman Melville while he's writing Moby Dick. And oh, then yeah. uh, he finds out about a plot to kill him. Some guy is like an, uh, an anti whale hunt type, <laughs> an eco terrorist. 
and he wants to kill Melville because he knows that this book will make people afraid of whales and want to kill whales. So Murdoch has to protect Melville from his pending murder. That show has taught me one thing. It's, if it's taught me one thing, it's that so much happened in the mid-19th century. Like everything happened in the mid-19th century. Oh, and everyone got together. If you yep. were alive at that time, Murdoch was going to meet you. And you better hope that whatever crime was going on, you were just an incidental witness to it. You weren't the target. Oh, Motown yeah. Billy Cum said, like your birth, Andy. That's right. <laughs> yeah. The mid-19th century. Mid-19th century. Is a bit born. generous, but that's where we'll put it. Okay. A gentleman but never tells what century he was really born in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Livid, livid uh, 521 said, I wrote a Cavendish spec script where CBC crushed your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Too meta. Two meta. They never. Accept, they never is that, what is that? What is that? That's got to your... be the subtext. Oh, the subtext. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about writing a, a, a what's that show called? Mur Murdoch's Mysteries spec script where he meets Laura Secord and uh, he actually invents ice cream and gives it to her, and she's like, "Hmm, I like this. Maybe after Sick. this war, I'll. Hmm, maybe I'll, I like this. I'll do more of this." Uh, I wrote. Okay. I wrote an episode and then found out it's a real episode of Murdoch. Um, remember that uh, Canadian Heritage commercial where James Naismith is inventing basketball? And then he goes, well, why don't we cut the bottoms out of the peach baskets? And then the peach farmer is yes. like, I need those baskets for my peaches. So anyway, apparently there's a real episode where that peach farmer, he can't harvest any of his peaches because none of his baskets have bottoms. So he vows revenge against Dr. James Naismith. And Murdoch has to get in there before he can do the deed <laughs> and the whole thing culminates in a big early basketball game where murdoch hits the winning layup <laughs> still in his That's uniform awesome. still in his police uniform yeah and then johnny harris in his police uniform from the stand says for three and and uh, another guy turns to him and says uh i think we're getting ahead of ourselves because the three-pointer hasn't been invented yet. It's a little have, wink and a nod to the modern audience. I have a genuine question. It, has there, if anyone in the chat or anything like that, has ever, is there ever, has, has he ever met Sherlock Holmes? Like, that would be a perfect episode where he meets oh another, God. like, crime Yeah, that would be awesome. Uh, yeah. Where he meets it. Like they, they have, like, a gentleman rivalry or something like that. I mean, I'm just wondering, curious. I'm just does curious. Murdoch, does Murdoch have a Moriarty? murdoch -yardy? <laughs> Someone who knows how to Stefan make is saying Colin Mockery is is what? Is, no, is, he's not. Is, is Moriarty? Oh, wait, I think actually, yeah, that was... Uh, that explains why Grin there's that one... Explained that. <laughs> there's that one character who I guess is played by Colin Mockery, who every time he comes on screen says, um, could I get a suggestion for a way to thwart Murdoch? We don't want to go too far into this episode without introducing our entire topic and then our guest. It's We got a whole thing. We're wasting time. I'm pissed off now. It is World Book Day. It is the official UNESCO World Book Day. Why is it World Book Day, you might ask? Well, because it is simultaneously Shakespeare's birthday and apparently the day Shakespeare died. Now that's Whoa. symmetry. Whoa. The, kind of symmetry the kind of symmetry only Shakespeare could write, I think. <laughs> yeah. So we decided with this episode to, to celebrate the bard himself, the bad boy Willie. We're talking about Shakespeare. Please welcome everybody, the man himself. He's going by the moniker Wet Willie. <laughs> <laughs> Coming to us from the past or the present, we're not sure. It's Shakespeare! Oh, 
hello, gentlemen. It's so good to see you, my gorgeous son. Oh, wow. Hi, <laughs> the bard, the bard of Avon, the Shakespeare original. Okay, oh, look at that. Wow, Shakespeare yourself. Like this is incredible. That's right. I feel like uh, I saw this outfit uh, earlier, Shakespeare, and it was missing the glasses and nose combo that have only confused it. Yes, because <laughs> ever since I faked my death on April 23rd, I've uh, had to live in some version of disguise. So I've, I've actually been wearing these glasses here since since 1609, oh. I think. So the, the, you've, you've been wearing, wait, you've been wearing Groucho Marx glasses since the 1600s, he said? Uh, that's right. Uh, since uh, the day I died, quote, 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 wink, wink, <laughs> I've uh, been wearing these glasses, which I then lent once foolishly to Groucho Marx. And There's so much I want to talk about based on what you just implied. Sure. Not even implied, said. <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty clear. I think so pretty first, clear. first of all, You've never died. No, That's interesting. No. And yes. secondly, you spent part of the early 20th century in the vaudeville scene. Whoa. I certainly did. Yeah. I'm curious. Wow. Tell me more. So well, you're a man of the theater. What do you want to hear first? How I faked my death or how I had a short, unsuccessful stint <laughs> in vaudeville? I know it should be the first one, but I'm so much more curious about the second one. Let's start there. Great. So the year was the year was 1879, and I said to myself, "You know, Columbus Louis? sailed the ocean. Fine, go on." <laughs> <laughs> Kneel down, found a dime, said, "I'd like to sail one of these uh, Canadian yeah. dime blue nose." <laughs> Hey, <laughs> yeah, Columbus found a Canadian blue nose and that gave him the idea. To yes, that's right. <laughs> he found a dime. I think, I don't know, I'm not good with dates, you know. Don't even get me Sorry, started I interrupted. On runes. That's okay. I, so yes, it was 1879 and a friend of mine was opening up a series of uh, Pantages theaters, 27th row, North America. At this time, I was whoring myself out in Chicago for thrills. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I started, you know, having sex for money with uh, some local prominent performers who thought, hey, it'd be cool to fuck Shakespeare. And, uh, <laughs> so you weren't hiding your identity. Yeah, not wait. To, yeah, <laughs> not to my suitors, uh, of course. Uh, you take the Groucho glasses off. I just yeah. realized we look the exact same. Yeah, someone <laughs> said you, I, like your they, disguise looks exactly how someone I. Someone said you look. guys are ancestrally related. Someone, Frank Frank Frankel said that. Wait, yeah, what's your what's your grandpa's name, Everardo? Um, well, it actually is William. No way! <laughs> oh my a god! Good chance we're related. Oh, did you Shakespeare? Actually, someone in the chat mentioned this. Did you know that the CBC has a creative relief fund and they're looking to adapt plays into sitcoms? Get out of here! So, I mean, you know, you might you, there there might be some some money for you. Yeah, so I think that could work. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, Shakespeare wrote a couple stories, <laughs> and uh, also Shakespeare, me, uh, <laughs> not really worried about money. Oh, really? Oh, I'm doing. You're, quite you're independently well. wealthy. Wealthy. Yeah, I own a. 
I own a number of tenement buildings in London. Oh, okay. No. It's not royalties at all. Oh, so you're like an no. asshole landlord. You're like a piece of shit landlord. I'm a piece of shit landlord, yes. Oh, my God. I yes. honestly lost all respect for you. Are you the same Shakespeare who tried to get me involved in a long-term Airbnb gambit? Yes, I did. <laughs> and how's that working out for you? It uh, didn't work out great. I just have a quick question. Are you working on anything new? I mean, I know that you were <laughs> selling your body and you're also a landlord so you have you you're independently wealthy but yes are you planning on getting back into the playwriting game at any point andy what do you think independently wealthy means you keep you keep tying it into just someone having jobs (laughs) (laughs) wait no 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 hold on no 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 that is not a job fucking owning property that's just passive income landlords i don't count that okay listen This is Andy's big spiel after I started trying to charge him yeah. rent for living in my basement. Passive he really, income. Went, he really well, became Andy interested in landlord ruined, politics after that. We are in late that. stage yeah. capitalism. It is, we are landlords and, and people and investors are just ruining the entire world. Well, Andy, you tell, it's, you tell the landlords it's not a job when they have to kick out a, a family on the streets because yeah. they they're a, a couple days late for rent. And that's you hard work. You don't think that's hard work? Chucking a baby out a window? Kids oh, have I a lot of sorry. shit that you have to remove from the house. And oh, yeah. It is a lot. It is a Memories, lot Memories, toys. If Locking. you think you have the lower body strength to lift multiple babies from their cribs and escort them onto a curb, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but skilled labor to me. Yeah. If it you hurts your knees if you do it wrong. And you're back. Do that. Yeah, yeah. They, they fucking they have to pick up the phone and call the police and say, oh, these people are in arrears. Speaking of in arrears, my foot's going to be in your arrears if you don't shut the fuck up, Andy. <laughs> yeah, I'm your esteemed, esteemed guest, and I just feel wholly insulted. I, yeah. I'm sorry, Shakespeare. <laughs> I apologize. It's, it's, you're right. I mean, we, we're here to talk about you, the bard, and what you've done, not the fact that you own several properties in London and are making money off of poor people. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Although the chat is with me, by the way. The chat is oh, on board. Yeah. Yeah, we got a woke base. Yeah, yeah. Every, everybody's a playwright these days, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why they're against you, Shakespeare. They don't respect the craft anymore. Now, I got so many more questions about immortality and the way you've been living your life the past 500 years or so. But um, first, I want to get into this segment that uh, we put on the shelf a little while ago. Let's bring it out now. It's always fun to talk about our favorite movies. It's a subject we all have a deep fondness for. So in honor of you, Mr. Shakespeare, I thought maybe today we could talk about our favorite Shakespeare adaptations. What do you think of that? I like that. Yeah. I'm sure we've all got our own favorites. Um, I've made a list of my favorites, including some uh, brief Wikipedia plot synopses for anyone who hasn't seen them. Um, But I've tried to get outside the box a little, so not just straight up, you know, Macbeth or uh, King Lear uh, adaptations, just ones that got a little creative with it. Um, So number one, 10 Things I Hate About You. We all seen this one? Yeah. Yeah. I just watched it the other day, to be honest. If you could summarize the plot of 10 Things I Hate About You based on Shakespeare's Taming of the Shrew. Okay, so basically this girl wants to go to parties, but she's not allowed unless her older sister goes but her older sister is weird and doesn't believe in parties and uh then heath ledger who's like a bad boy is like i'll make her want to go to a party 
I'll tell you that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll teach her how to party or something. I think actually nerds are behind the whole thing. That's basically the... That's it. Okay. That's, that's, the that's the full... <laughs> Holy that's the worst shit. plot summary I've ever heard in my life. Some Hello, girl wants buddy. to go to a party. A guy wants to get her into parties. And maybe nerds are behind the whole thing. Full stop. That's <laughs> barely a premise, let alone a plot summary. <laughs> what happened? Well... <laughs> Did you see That's it? Did you actually plot. see 10 Things I Hate About You? You said you saw yeah, it. Yeah, I literally watched it like two weeks ago. Okay, so then she goes to the party. She gets drunk. She dances on a table. And then uh, Heath Ledger's like, damn. Then they date, I guess. Yeah. And then okay. the sister's like, now I can also fuck or something. She can I go to parties now. I got you. pretty much it. Okay. All right. Shakespeare, did you ever see it? Uh, yes. Of your work? I saw it when it came out. I was uh, Heath Ledger's plus one. I gotcha. And what was uh, Heath Ledger like to hang out with? Was he a good guy? Oh, just salt of the earth. Love that guy. We used to surf together. I would sit on his surfboard like a little dog dog, and he would tell me stories about the sea. I'd get on the back of his moped, and he'd drive me around Los Angeles and point out his favorite ice cream places. And then he'd drop me <laughs> off, and he says, uh, uh, here's 10 things I like about you. Oh, wow. Well, I got to say, my favorite thing about uh, 10 Things I Hate About You, or one of the things I love, is that it maintained your original setting, Shakespeare, which was high school. Yes. Um, yeah. And I love the scene from your original play where they're all sitting around class and Petruchio says, Dost anyone else think math class is a snooze? Uh, and you have to understand, math was quite a bit more boring back then. Once yeah. you got through the abacus, you were pretty much done math. Um, okay, well, let's talk about my second favorite Shakespeare adaptation, which was the Paul Haggis movie Crash, which was, of course, based on the Shakespeare play, a series of droll coincidences that in truth are not so droll. It was a great film and a great play, and I, I love that it featured, I love that your play featured the famous closing line, the truth of creation that we must faceth is all are connected, so don't be racist. I liked that. Oh, yeah. And it was delivered by Fig, the horny imp that everyone hates. <laughs> I liked that. Oh uh, yeah, that was that was. I don't I don't remember that that line particularly, but yeah, it's kind of a kind of a rhyme, but you know, I I mean, you didn't have to you didn't do like full rhymes sometimes, right? Shakespeare you would do like kind of like sound oh, alike yeah. and things like sometimes that. Sometimes I would write some words that would come together, and sometimes I would write <laughs> some words that would never. <laughs> All right, I feel okay. like you're doing sort of a slam poetry energy right now. Yeah. Are you involved with the slam poetry scene? Huge part of the slam poetry scene. And tell me this, are we not suffering right now? What oh, do you the think? slam can poetry ask, scene is suffering, yeah. Can I ask you, what do you think of Hamilton? Because that's kind of like modern day Shakespeare a little bit, right? I liked it. Um, Hamilton in person, uh, the real Hamilton, who uh, I went to high school with. That's a little weird, though, right? Because you'd be really old at that point. Going, I'm sure I was super old. I've never seen Hamilton. Andy, have you seen it, or Ev, or anyone? I've never seen it. No. It's crazy that it's too much. So much money to see Hamilton. Andy, this is going to drive you up the wall. But there's a landlord's discount to see Hamilton on Broadway. Fuck off. Landlords. Landlords get seventy five percent off if they can prove they're a landlord. Yeah. No, it's. I I went. Doubt it. I went I for my get... landlord meeting group. That's where I met Shakespeare and invited him to be on this podcast. That was last all... night, wasn't it? Quarantine day one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get through some of the rest of these uh, adaptations yeah. that we love. 
We all know about this one. The film Aliens was an adaptation of, oh, yeah, I didn't know as that. you know, Shakespeare, one of your lesser known plays called Aliens. Mm-hmm. And in that play, I don't know why I'm reminding you, but here it is. In that play, a team of English knights travels into space before being set upon by creatures which God himself hath abandoned. And the mm. knights would soon find they'd been stranded. Mm. And it features oh, your famous line, tis game over, sire. Tis game over. <laughs> Yes, just as they plunge the big old sword into the alien's chest. I heard back in in your day, in the days of the globe, you famously Mm. wouldn't allow aliens to be actors, so little children played the role of aliens. Now, I've always heard that when you put on your plays, it was so much more, like now, I'm sure you know, when you go to a Shakespeare play in the theater, it's very polite. The theatrical experience is very stiff. Um... But at the time, it was sort of like down and dirty. People uh, screaming shit, throwing yeah. shit. Yeah, hand jobs throughout. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right then. There was actually a mosh pit at, at many of your plays. Yeah, we kind of started the whole mosh pit thing, you know? Yeah, uh, I remember. That's my favorite Shakespeare uh, sonnet. It's called Get in the Pit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and try to love someone. We only got a couple more of these, so okay. Let me... Okay, we only got fifteen more of these. Let's go. Two more, I swear. Um, this is my favorite adaptation of your work, Shakespeare. The restaurant McDonald's is actually an adaptation of Macbeth. That's right. Um, and the original McDonald's founder wanted to create an interactive, immersive restaurant experience, like Sleep No More, but as a restaurant. Mm-hmm. This is obviously long before Sleep No More, but it's the longest running, highest grossing play in history. And if you listen <laughs> close, some famous lines from Macbeth can still be heard anytime you hear, enter McDonald's. Like, as you know, in Act Four, when the witches cackle and ask Macbeth if he wants fries with that. <laughs> 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 or if you listen close to anyone cleaning the floors in a McDonald's, you'll hear them saying, uh, out damn spot. Of course, I like to call it the Scottish restaurant. <laughs> oh yeah and uh is it true that grimace is actually uh the inspiration of the death yeah grimace is not a woman born that's right <laughs> right <laughs> and finally listen we got to get to the last one because mm. it's my favorite and andy's gonna read this one my favorite what? ever shakespeare adaptation oh andy, okay sure check out the yeah. document i've copied and pasted yeah, it i've seen it i see it i see it here oh fuck off okay uh all right and of course star trek tng honored Shakespeare with their episode A Midsummer Night's Globthrop, where Picard yeah. <laughs> takes the fucking TNG team back to Shakespeare times via the holodeck. It seems like a fun vacation from their day to uh, day to woes. Day-to-day woes. Uh, Day-to-day woes, sorry, yes. Uh, Worf is so excited to meet Shakespeare, but when Shakespeare gets drunk and talks shit about the Klingon god, Globthrop, which is not calling him an ugly piece of shit with an insignificant ass bone. Worf goes ballistic and kills himself. Yeah. What? Now yeah. Shakespeare must write a play so sad it makes Data cry so they can yeah. use one of Data's fucking tears to bring Worf back to life. Okay. Yeah. 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 What's well, the B story? Come on, for me. Uh, the B story features Jordy getting burned at the stake oh after refusing God. to show the king his cool glasses. <laughs> yeah, the king just wanted a peek and Jordy wouldn't show him. So he got burned at the fucking stake. <laughs> I like that. 
All right, that's <laughs> I like the beast. Okay, I like those. Have some of the most beautiful soliloquies when Worf's talking about how much he respects Globthrop. Mm. Why does yeah. he kill himself? Why does he fucking kill himself? Worf's like, very emotional. It's, it's beautiful. Worf is not emo- okay. Worf's not emotional. Like- Are you kidding me? Worf is a raw nerve. He's pure emotion. <laughs> Worf, he's Worf only a, yelling i think i would like to see uh maybe some some uh some Worf quotes some shakespeare quotes done by Worf, maybe okay um <laughs> do, Andy, you want to do why it don't you queue up, why don't you queue up our special new Worf impression sound cue i am not a merry man here's Worf in macbeth you are not of woman born that's pretty good. <laughs> all right there we go can, there I, can we I go can i try one okay oh, please Romeo, Romeo, wherever art thou, Romeo, thou art not a Capulet. Fantastic, guys. Fathom five, thy father dies of his bones and coral made. You you know some of your own shit well. Or maybe he's reading it off of a screen. Hard to know. Uh, Hard to know, hard to know. Thank you for, do, uh, for Rolly, do do Worf doing the famous to be or not to be quote. Well, first yeah. first off, I want to hit you with this one, which like. is someone it's from that episode when Shakespeare says, Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? And Worf says, I am not a summer's day. <laughs> it's really good. That is good. Uh this is from uh, another episode when TNG does Hamlet. I'm actually quoting the TNG Hamlet episode. What kind of called, skull is he holding? He so Worf is the skull. Uh, oh, because Worf's then, killed himself. Yeah, and it's it's Hamlet, who's played by uh, a very uncertain and horny Riker, and he's he's holding Worf's skull. And yes, this is because Worf killed himself. Okay. And and he says uh, he says, uh, poor, "Alas, poor Yorick! I knew him well." And then Worf, as the skull, says, "I am not Yorick." <laughs> and then everyone rolls their eyes like classic Yorick. <laughs> So wait, the fucking skull talks? <laughs> and then Riker goes, apologies, Worf. <laughs> I love in that, in that episode when Worf is like, now is not the winter of our discontent. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, like, let me talk. Just let me talk. <laughs> I like how Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are played by a very cheeky uh, Data and- uh, <laughs> Together, yeah. And, yeah, and Jordy. Data and Jordy oh, just Jordy, running yeah. around. Data's so funny, he keeps crying. <laughs> his tears keep bringing people back to life i should really know more about shakespeare given that i studied to be an actor for several years but now did you oh, study yeah. the classical treading of the boards of uh, the theater on the stage or I... did you study acting for the camera did you do no i actually i actually auditioned for the national theater school like i Get genuinely out of here yeah and i fucked it up i totally fucked up the audition what monologue like, did you do i did uh i did iago's monologue act Hell one yeah, scene three did. from othello uh-huh oh i know that monologue that's when Can he goes jafar jafar you're stuck on <laughs> jafar i'm stuck in the door jafar jafar i can't breathe jafar i heard that the uh, iago monologue finally let us laugh again after <laughs> <laughs> Andy, what was your monologue? Do your mo- do your monologue. <laughs> do my monologue. Yeah, show us your monologue. Can you do a little bit. Do a little bit, please. Do you remember it? Yeah, I do. I remember it because I fucked it up. Like I, I, I forgot my last lines. There was like okay. five people. Well, you. I don't know if you know this, Andy, but I am pretty well connected in the theater community. And if <laughs> you want to do your monologue now, I'm sure I could get you into the National Theater School. Uh. 
the, oh, at at forty one, I'm going to get into the National Theater School. Or yeah. into, like, why would I want to get into the? All right. Think of all the sexy young people you'll meet. <laughs> oh, that's not something you want yeah. to bring up there. That's, I'll pass on that. No, for their um, story. For their story. All right. All right. Fine. <laughs> I will. I will. I will. Uh, I'll do it. I'll do a. I'll do my monologue. This is Act One, Scene Three. He's talking about. He's gonna. He's gonna talk about Othello. So, all right. <clears throat> this is harder than I thought it would be. Okay. Just pretend like we're not even here. Okay. All right. Yeah. Thus, do I ever make my fool my purse? For I, my own gain knowledge, would profane if I should time expend with such a sniper for my sport and profit. I hate the more, and it is thought a brother twixt my sheets he done my office. Now I know not if it be true, yet I, from your suspicion of that kind, will do as if for surety. He holds me well; the better shall my purpose to work on him. Cassio's a proper man. Let me see, to take my place. Ooh, fuck! I fucked it up. I fucked it up. <laughs> oh, God, I fucked it up. That was. I really... knew it's, it's like the same oh, spot. Wow. It's the same spot. Oh, dude! Like so this is what happened. You. It's the exact Andy, same spot. The last two lines are easy to remember. It's Jafar. I can't. <laughs> no, breathe. no, it's not. Jafar. I'm trapped. Jafar. Jafar. Yeah. It's okay, easy. Listen. No. Is it? Is it true that the the natural theater company or the people you auditioned for they said that. They thought that it was interesting you brought a kind of uh, almost a pickup artist quality to Iaco <laughs> that they've never seen before. Listen, listen to me. That was their, is it true that that was their critique? I was 18. Cool. Okay. Andy, it's cool that you were doing this audition for Dimitri the Lover, Toronto's most notorious pickup artist group operator. I was 18 years old. Okay. I did not know what I was doing. I messed up the line. And then I just kind of like looked off and, just, and I looked off. I couldn't remember what I was saying. And then I, the, la the last line is, hell and night must bring this monstrous birth to the world's light. And I said, hell and night will bring this monstrous birth to the world's thing. That's what I said. I said, oh hell and night will bring God. this monstrous birth to the world's thing. Did you play it and, off as a choice? Like that you no, meant to no, do I it did like it. that? I finished it. And then I looked at them and I went, <laughs> like I just did a fuck. I mugged at them. And they all just, <laughs> they all laughed. I went, eh. What are you gonna do? I was like, they anyway, laughed. That's our Andy. Just, it was the '90s. It was, you know, kind of like a disaffected era. Yeah, this was the 1890s, <laughs> right, Andy? Yeah, it was the back in the 1890s. I auditioned for the National Theater School of Canada. Listen, we gotta we gotta motor through some last things. Um, Shakespeare, you famously as we're all hearing endlessly, were in your own form of quarantine when you wrote King Lear. That's right. I don't know if you know this, but uh, we dealt with the bubonic plague, all right? That's it's not something to fuck around with. I want to know, because that's such a famous um, accomplishment right. during quarantine. What has everyone else been working on during quarantine? Ev? Um, well, you know, just been, uh, like I said, I've been doing my Patch Adams routines, going to old folks' homes, going to hospitals, getting a lot of negative feedback, actually, on that. Um, hmm. Initially, the mayor of Toronto had my back, and now he's refusing to acknowledge it, and actually saying it's a bad idea. I'm trying out new bits for old people who are sick, and it is helping. Are you doing like traditional clowning or are you like doing bits? No, I'm doing like, I'll do Stand jokes. Up. Like, 
I'll do jokes. I'll be like, so uh, what did uh, you know Fred Flintstone say to Tony Soprano? What was it? Yabba gabba ghoul. Yabba gabba ghoul. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> That's what Fred and they said don't get to it. Tony. Fred Flintstone <laughs> yeah. was talking to Tony yabba Soprano. And he said that. So he And they don't that. get it, but it's just, honestly, if I don't do stand-up every single day of my life, I will kill myself. Mm. Andy, are you work, working on anything? Uh, I'm trying to get back on sleep schedule. Really? That's it. I'm trying to get back on sleep schedule. I'm trying to just track what my roommates are cooking every day and yeah. keep and, and keep it out. <laughs> I heard that if you walk past your roommates a few more times and spray Febreze at them while they're cooking, if you do that like 10 or 12 more times, Guinness is actually going to make an entry for you for most passive aggressive roommates. <laughs> It's not passive. Yeah. Is it not passive aggressive? I'm not. See, I shouldn't talk about it. I think this it's the epitome they're, of passive they're, aggression. Some of them are, no, will be listening to this. I love the cooking. We all got to cook. I do things that are like, it's, we have to cook. It's yeah. fine. You got to cook. You got to cook. I they just, said you explaining cook. it. I just have some. Got a bit of cook. I got candles. I, like it's, I can figure it out. It's fine. Have you ever thought about putting positive pressure into your bedroom? <laughs> or I just open the window. Positive pressure. So that, Positive pressure so that air doesn't travel into your room. It's only traveling out of your room. Do you have a window in your bedroom? You can set up a fan to induct air into your room. Therefore, there's more air in your room than there is in the hallway. And then it keeps the smells out. This is basic HVAC. (laughs) So I think Shakespeare did write aliens because that's how they killed that one person. A lot of respect to Shakespeare for doing that piece of true good science advice in Seinfeld voice. I absolutely want you to take this advice, get this set up so that you can stop receiving the food smell and instead you can start piping out the smell of old cum (laughs) for your roommates and your neighbors. He doesn't mean cum that's been sitting around. He just means your cum. My cum, I know, I know, my old cum. Pipe out the smell of that. Just pipe it. Out. Day three come. That could be a good episode title for a Murdoch mystery. Oh yeah, old come. <laughs> old come. My, my old come. Have you? I don't think you've ever seen Murdoch mysteries, Shakespeare. It's not quite on tone. I did meet Murdoch though. You did? He uh, he helped me finish the writing for Romeo and Juliet. Really? Yeah. He's like, what if they both die? But it's like awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my favorite part from that is when the priest finds their bodies and he goes, this is so random. <laughs> they probably killed each other at, in the craziest different way. This is random. <laughs> you guys want to know what I'm working on during? Uh, yes, what are you working on? Yeah, So much good stuff. Well, I've been going a bit nuts. So my small hobby project that I'm not trying to get any sort of financial gains out of is I've been making obscene phone calls to recent widows. <laughs> Oh my God, <laughs> Jesus! Yeah, I, I've been telling them that I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> I've, been telling them that I'm their late husband, and I'm in, he- I'm in heaven, and God won't let God won't let me in unless they tell me what they're wearing. That's fun. And then uh, I'm working wow. on a screenplay for a Pixar movie, and it's called The Screwdriver That Wanted to Be a Hammer or some shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's about an adorable screwdriver who really wants to be a hammer but he's a fucking screwdriver instead so he and everyone's always like you're a screwdriver just accept it one day he escapes from the toolbox and he goes on an adventure 
and then in the end someone uses him to bash something into place and he's like yeah that helps that's nice <laughs> <It's good enough. laughs> and like a hammer's watching and he's like couldn't have done it better myself my friend <laughs> And in classic Pixar uh, fashion, are you gonna you're gonna devastate the audience early on with his backstory, right? Mm. Oh yeah, the first uh, ten minutes is about a child being slowly ground into the form of a screwdriver. <laughs> 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 no, 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 like, no. That was my first draft. The new draft yeah. is the first ten minutes is a child uh, growing up and then dying before his twelfth birthday. He's, he was like the best kid. Everyone fucking loved him. And then he dies and the family's so upset. And then it cuts to the funeral home and they're screwing his casket shut. And the screwdriver is the one screwing. That's the first, it's 10 minutes in when you first oh meet God. the screwdriver. And he's screwing the casket shut and he's like, I hate my job. <laughs> and then he looks over across the way it's it hammers being used on a construction site. And they're all fucking singing and laughing. And he's like, that's what I want. And he's like kind of... Uh, caskets, child caskets. Yeah. So, they, I hate this. so they, the kid has nothing to do with the screwdriver. No. no. Just the first ten, child the first, and watch it die. Yeah. The first 10 minutes are an intense red herring. Fall in love with the child. They have received you, some notes from the Pixar organization and they've said they don't like it. I have to it's say... Good, it's got a song, Andy. Yeah. I got Randy Newman to do the soundtrack track. Oh, okay. Nice. Nice. And he's he wrote this song called Anytime Someone Tries to Define You, Freak Out and Become Something Else. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I heard you had had a pretty hard time convincing him not to use uh, a, a racial slur in that song. He was tapping into old school Randy Newman, short people, N-word style yeah. lyrics. And I was like, that's not what I'm looking for. But he was like, let me dip my beak in the old school a bit. This is in character. This this one line of the song is in character. Yeah, and I was like, wait, which character? And he was like, man, Randy. <laughs> It's been a slice, but it's time to round into the final segment of the day. And you know what that means. It's a little trivia with okay, let's... fresh from the set of Narcos himself, Everardo <laughs> Ramirez, <laughs> with trivia. Trivia. Oh, man. Okay, let's, uh, well, we got Shakespeare trivia. Uh, so, the, yeah, just classic Shakespeare trivia. Let's get into it. Question one. Uh, Shakespeare's wife is named after which famous celebrity? Is it A, Elizabeth Moss, B, Dame Edna, C, Anne Hathaway, or D, Carmen Electra? Shakespeare's wife is named after this person? Yes. Take after a famous celebrity. Uh, Shakespeare, you'd know better than we would. Um, yeah, I, mean, I guess Shakespeare has it. I want to say Carmen Electra, but I, <laughs> you, you guys You wish, should, Shakespeare. Obviously, I know the answer, so you, you guys should go ahead and, and submit your responses and then... Yeah, let's say Carmen Electra. Yeah, I guess it is. We're all going with Carmen Electra. <laughs> it is. Well, it is uh, Anne Hathaway. Okay. Oh, her name Anne was Hathaway. Anne. That's right. Uh, okay, you know, question two. Anne Hathaway was actually, uh, her last name is a Shakespeare phrase. That's how Shakespeare pronounces have a way, but she changed it to sound Shakespearean. Hathaway. You know what I mean? Yeah, she, she, she dressed it up, but she, her family's called have a way, and then she calls herself Hathaway, and everyone's like, ugh. Electra Shakespeare. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Calm down. We okay, question two. We're all so tired all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're really tired. 
Yeah, I feel like my, my laptop has been on my lap this whole time. I feel like uh, I can't have children anymore. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, question two. Which Shakespeare plays have been was adapted into Klingon? Andy? Was it Hamlet? Hamlet. Othello? Merchant? Or Romeo and Juliet? Hamlet. Well, we know about Hamlet. We know about um, the taming of the Globthrop. Well, yeah, it was, uh, it was Hamlet. There you go. Yeah, yeah well, that Hamlet. makes sense. It's all wordy and shit. I can imagine all the Klingon nerds getting off on that. Um, Andy, do you speak any Klingon? No. Could you I, do to be or not to be in Klingon? No, I can't speak. I can't. I just like Star Trek. I'm not like insane. Read Like, I don't know, you know, fucking Klingon or anything You're like that. You're not a nerd. I'm not a nerd. Exactly. Did you enjoy yeah. the Bohemian Rhapsody? I did. Klingon? I, we did? played oh it. We God. played it. We played it on our, our podcast. Very Isn't that, nice. that that guy's from, Maybe I think, said. Edmonton? Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Okay. Winnipeg. Damn. I don't know if they included this well, in the podcast, cool, but I had to be rushed to the emergency room after that because I shot myself in the mouth. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. I pulled out a gun that I hadn't held in ages and I put it in my mouth and I killed myself. Yeah, you really didn't like that. <laughs> and my last words were, tell that guy it's his fault. Okay. Tell all of them they did this. And we couldn't quite understand you because the barrel was in your mouth, but that's good to know. Yeah. You know what? I once saw a group of people speaking Klingon together. You know what I said to them? Hey, fellas, cling off. All right. <laughs> which, <laughs> which MCU movie was directed by a famous Shakespeare lover, Kenneth Branagh? Is it Ooh. Doctor Strange, Thor, uh, Iron Man 3, or Ant-Man and Wasp? Thor. I know this one. <clears throat> Thor. What do, we, what do we think? Thor. Um, it is Thor. Well, first of all, I object to you getting the title of Doctor Strange wrong. You didn't use the full title, Doctor Strange, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love Magic. <laughs> I have to say, uh, I like I like that Kenneth some... Branagh Kenneth Branagh directed, directed Thor. Thor? Yeah. He did. he did direct Thor. There's actually a, a Shakespeare kind of Easter egg in Thor. I don't know if you caught it. It was like, actually, it was a deleted scene. It was on uh, the big box set that just came out where they're like... Uh, they're kind of showing like Thor and Loki throughout history. And then they uh, go down to earth and they interrupt. They crash one of Shakespeare's plays. Cool. Stan Lee, Stan Lee's like, Hey, Bill, you should, you should write about that. Yeah. Stan Lee's on a, <laughs> he's like got a quill instead of a phone. And he's like, Hey, Bill, remember that new idea you were looking for? <laughs> <laughs> Listen yeah. to this. That All right. He's like, hmm, maybe I will. Um, Kind of you know what? I've, Thor actually makes an appearance in my Pixar movie, and then my little screwdriver looks over and he goes, "Now oh, that's a hammer." <laughs> Thor is coming out of the shower. <laughs> He's like, "Hey, get out of here!" And they're like, "Scram!" He's on to us. All right, final question, and uh, this is not uh, a multiple choice. We'll just kind of open ended. What modern atrocity is Shakespeare directly responsible for? <laughs> Okay. The Halifax explosion. <laughs> um. Oh, we don't even get options. We just have to. There's no options. We just we just <laughs> pick like whatever. We just style. pick whatever I modern atrocity we, that comes to mind. Yeah. Oh, atrocity. great. Fra uh, one of someone in the chat said uh, Andy's career. That's that's good. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what. <laughs> pretty mean calling that modern. But, uh... oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a Shakespeare double down. <laughs> I'll just say it. Try uh, to say it, or Rolly, do you have a guess? I'll give you a hint. It's something that uh, like teachers do a lot. 9/11. Yeah, 
Yeah, teachers uh, do 9-11. Teachers did 9-11. That's the, that's the reality of it. I'd say the I modern I have a t-shirt atrocity. that says, teachers do 9-11. <laughs> it's on I'm, a t-shirt? selling like hotcakes to students who don't like school. <laughs> it's in the present tense. That's what they love about it. Teachers do 9-11. Every day in class. The, uh, the thing that Shakespeare's, um, the modern atrocity Shakespeare is responsible for is teachers trying to engage their students by saying, that Shakespeare was the first rapper. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's true. That answer. is true. I was gonna say Ebola, but no. Well, that one they—that's just a theory. They can't prove it. That's right. You can tell us though, Shakespeare. You can tell us right now. He's—he's uh, <laughs> he's coy. He's the original cam boy. <laughs> it has been a treat, Mr. Shakespeare. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Um, do you have any last words you want to impart? Advice for the quarantine? Um, things that people can check out of yours? Go forth onto the world and let your fury rain down upon your keyboards with great determination and love never halfway to you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, check Shakespeare. Out, check out Hugs Comedy. Check out Hugs oh, Comedy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, check out Hunk's Comedy on Twitter. Well, that's it for this episode, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Thanks everybody. Farewell. <laughs> Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar. Hi, I'm James. I'm the landlord of a large, rundown apartment building. And I'm Mike, one of James's unfortunate tenants. Together, we're the hosts of the Landlord and Tenant Podmess, the only podcast with the guts to ask the question, can a landlord and tenant be buddies? Interesting side note, during the Chinese Revolution, peasants murdered their landlords in droves. Okay, weird. We also talk to hilarious guests from the world of comedy, music, and beyond. So be sure to download the Landlord and Tenant Podmess wherever you get your podcasts. Get your pod on, baby. Get your pod. God, Mike. I'm just having some fun.